Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. I miss watching movies with you because um, those there were almost unspoken conversations we would have during films. Yes, right. During which we settled how we felt about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but there was never anyone who would, at a good comedy, there was no one who would laugh more heartily at a good comedy than, than you. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. <laughs> Uh, that's our friend Bill Newcott talking about some of our encounters at various preview screenings. A little gossip for you. Hello, I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is our producer and director. And how is the world at Katz Podcast Headquarters? All draped in blue and white for Hanukkah, Arch. We're, we're into uh, the Hanukkah thing, you know? <laughs> Every night a gift. <laughs> exactly. Every night an Adam Sandler song. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Well, speaking of every night a gift, this week we are catching up with this show's favorite newcomer, our rising star who came out of nowhere to uh, win the hearts of all of our listeners, both of them. It's Cinema Lou Charlotte. Cinema Lou, welcome. Thank you, Arch. At this age, I've I've never been referred to as a newcomer before, but thank you. You're a newcomer and a superstar. People love you on this show because you have such firm opinions about movies. And and this is a one-on-one. We get to know you a little better because people are asking me, who is this guy? Uh Uh-oh, I can't hide then, huh? (laughs) The Lou and Lou Show with Arch. (laughs) So, first of all, the... uh, Let's get the first question out of the way, and always an interesting one. What are you watching, and what do you like? You know, Arch, I was thinking the other day, people have talked about people not going to movies, but I think this has been a great year for movies. Um, uh, I, I, people are going back to the theaters, and even when they're not, there is some there's some great stuff out there. So what am I watching uh, as far as the theaters go, or as far as streaming goes, or well, both? As, and here's the other question. What is your opinion? Of the play, first the the answer is uh, streaming. What are you streaming at home that you like? And and implied in that question is what, in your opinion, is the position of streaming versus movies? Well, to answer your second part of the question first, I don't know if you saw it this week, but you know these companies are starting to bundle. I don't know if you saw Verizon is going to bundle like four or five or six different services, and I think that's the problem because I go to watch a show. And I'm I'm a little more knowledgeable than a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I don't know where things are. I have to go yeah, look it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's to have it all under one umbrella would be a wonderful thing. And I think that's where it's heading. Oh. Um, as far as what I'm watching, Fargo. I think you know I love Fargo. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I was uh, uh, talking to Jason Fraley last week, and I said Fargo is basically a riff on the Roadrunner. <laughs> yeah, I, I love and- Fargo. Um, I like I like the crown, although I think we're going to have to wait a little bit for the next um, for the final season. Um, You're going to you're going to think I'm crazy. And don't please don't hang up. Listen on. I like Virgin River. I sold my house and then I quit my job and I moved to this town that I've never heard of just so I could live in there. 
The mayor of Virgin River, I'd like to officially welcome you to our little slice of heaven. It's an old time, you know. Um, Have not heard of it. Where it, is? Oh, it's it's season five on I think Netflix, and it's got you know two people we remember: Arch Tim Considine and Annette O'Toole. Oh, who, you know, with these heartthrobs in the seventies. Now yeah. they're seventy-five year olds playing uh, a married couple <laughs> in this little town um, with all this drama going on. It, I, I, my wife and I love it um uh, you know i've been i've been recording a lot of christmas movies i don't know if any of them are any good but i've recorded them and i'll watch them over the next couple of weeks um lessons in chemistry i just finished i thought it was really good well, are, are you watching the hallmark channel uh, you know that... i am i'm recording and the boy and they sound they sound ridiculous some of the storylines but you know uh, what the heck um also i'm watching the guilt the guilt the gilded age arch are you watching that you know i love the gilded age in the first season and and I'm not as into it this season. I love Carrie Coons, yes, the actress. And it basically, uh, she's uh, the Vanderbilt. They're the Vanderbilts, and they're trying to break into the old money uh, controlled by the society, controlled by Mrs. Astor. And, uh, you know, I like it, but I haven't just been thrilled with it like I am with Fargo, <laughs> where John Hamm is trying to to bring back his wife who left him. And it's it's a chase and, uh, and crime. Crime uh, extravaganza, and it's as funny as Home Alone. There is no one on God's green earth who is a greater enforcer of the laws of this land than Roy Tillman. Why do I feel like there's a butt here? But and it's got a great turn by Juno Temple. Yeah, from, yeah, um, yeah. From um, Ted Lasso, Juno Temple from Ted Lasso. And here, Arch, here's a problem <laughs> I have with with streaming. Um, we'll we'll watch a show. You know, we'll look around and say, yeah, "Well, that looks yeah. interesting. We'll watch it. Looks good. Okay." And then you know, you have to wait a week for the next episode to come out, and you forget all about it. I'm on to something else and different. And that's happened a bunch of times. I don't know if it's happened with other folks. Where you start to watch something, you go, "That's not bad," but something else catches your attention. You forget about the new episodes coming out, and you just move on to something else well but then you go back you remember and then you've got two or three episodes and uh you see i think the dvr and the streaming series particularly the ones where they give you all the episodes i think they are undermining our love of movies because at the movies you've got to be at the landmark theater at uh 5 45 in order to get into the screening and if you're not there and if you can't make arrange your schedule, it's like, uh, well, I go home and I can see whatever I want whenever I want. Mm. I think we as a society just are no longer used to being somewhere at a specific time. That's true. Uh, you know, here's the other thing talking about screen, streaming. Did I hear a there thud? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't disagree with that, but there are there are four four documentaries that I've seen recently um, that are streaming that yeah. I thought were terrific that I wanted to mention. It ain't over, which we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people on ten best lists. Yeah. People, um, also, there's one on I saw the other day the sec the Saint of Second Chances, and it's mm. about I don't know if you know the name Bill Veck. Bill no. Veck was a baseball owner, and his philosophy winning was nice but having fun at the ballpark was more important. This is the true story of a family of baseball hustlers. My dad used to say, a hustler's not a con man. 
The Hustler believes. Bang, that's one. All the fun stuff that happens at baseball games, fireworks, giveaways, you name it, they invented it. Any kind of, of, of promotion that you can think of, he came up with. And his son, wow. his son, uh, Mike, came up with the, with the uh, Disco Demolition Day, if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in 1979, where they blew up disco records and pretty much blew up the field and had to cancel a game. Um, you know, and- uh, PBS just did a series, or not a series, but a program on the end of disco, and uh, and it was about this pushback to disco, and it culminates in that disco demolition night in Chicago, which they yes. said is like a. Um, uh, you know, it was a precursor of of the way we're siloed uh, politically now. Mm. It's more than that because this like guy that. Mike 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 Vec has a tremendous story, and he came up with things like you know showers at the ballpark, haircuts, <laughs> uh, 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 a a a, um, uh, uh, you know religious folks giving massages. Uh, uh, I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> the whole thing is nuts, but it's it's so much fun to watch this, and it's very poignant. And the now, other where two, is that? that that's on Netflix. The Saint okay. of Second Chances. Saint also, Second. The League, which was about the Negro Leagues. These are three oh, baseball no. documentaries. But then there's two I saw that almost are difficult to watch because they're they're political. Um, 20 Days in Mariupol, which is about the Ukrainian war. Uh, uh, these, these filmmakers documented it from the moment it started to 20 days later. And something called Beyond Utopia, about folks trying to get out of North Korea. And both of those are oh, streaming yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's um, there's some great documentaries documentaries out there. I should explain to the folks that you uh, were a sports producer and sports writer for the majority of your career, and that you and I met at uh, NBC when you worked for the George Michael Sports Machine. And uh, and constantly you would be uh, berating me (laughs) (laughs) for my reviews of various films. Well, and uh, how did you uh, become a film savant? What well, what you know, drew you to the movies? When I was a kid, I used to go with my father. My father loved movies. But I remember the thing that I remember most about being a kid was my grandmother owned a candy store. And on mm. Wednesdays was her only day off. And she would take me and my brother and my sister to Radio City Music Hall back in the days when they oh. showed They had the Rockettes, but... They yeah. also had movies yeah. and we would show up. She'd pack lunches and drinks and in a, in a shopping bag. And we'd go and sit in the balcony of Radio <laughs> City. And it was just such a wonderful time and so innocent. And, you know, we, we talked about this, but we would show up. We just show up. We didn't know mm-hmm. what time the movie started. Right. Whenever we got there and we, you know, we'd see who killed somebody and then we'd watch at the beginning and, <laughs> You know, it, it was it, it was it was just so much fun. And I think what happened was I always liked movies. I didn't always go to movies. But when I got to Washington and my schedule, you know, I had to be in at three thirty in the afternoon, yeah. and that allowed me a chance to see the first show of the day, the noon showing, and still get to work on time. And also, back in those days, we didn't have cell phones or pagers, so nobody could bother me. <laughs> so I could just sit there for two hours and kind of clear my head and and watch a good story. 
Well, now, first of all, what were some of the movies you saw with your grandmother? Oh, my. The, the, the big the blockbusters that came to Radio City. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember what they were. They were mainly a lot of musicals. Uh, uh, this was of, in the 70s, this was, 60s? This was in the 60s, um, in, the, in the mid-60s. Mid Sound of Music? Uh, probably. I don't remember Hills exactly. Alive. I just remember having a great time and watching the Rockettes. And, and it was, you know, and eating lunch in the balcony of Radio City. Uh, <laughs> and you know since it's uh, Hanukkah since it's Hanukkah season my grandmother would bring latkes you know we'd sit there and it was just a it was just a fun time and I remember those those days fondly and maybe that had something to do with me going to see movies well then and what were some of the movies you walked into when you were uh, burning time before you went in to work for George Michael who was oh, sort of I a terror to work for <laughs> <laughs> almost almost anything and it came to the point Arch, where George would ask me for movie, my movie reviews and my recommendations. Yes, yes. Well, that was his way of putting me down. Yeah, he said, he said, you know, you should be doing this. You and I should, <laughs> should do this together. And you know, true. I laughed about it, but true. You know, the interesting thing when you were working at Channel Four for George Michael, Warner Wolf came back to uh, Channel Nine after the death of the very talented Glenn Brenner. Mm -hmm. And Warner, I would I would go to films at the 4000 Wisconsin Theater, no longer standing, which was right next to uh, NBC. Warner would go over there and watch a movie every night. And really? I'd run into Warner uh, just about every evening. And he'd ask mm -hmm. me what I thought of this and that. And uh, is there some connection between sports and movies? Uh, maybe. Um, I, uh, I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and, and I'm not you know I, I like sports movies but most of the time i'm very critical of them yeah um yeah, i'm very yeah. i'm very you know and 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 also movies about broadcasting uh if it doesn't yeah. really hold true if something's you know a little off it turns me off and i don't i, I it, yeah it, it affects my because opinion. we've been there with the yeah. exception of broadcast news love that movie broadcast news came closer to the real thing than uh any other broadcast is there any particular area that you feel strongest in to be honest, I was best at anchor. So, you have almost no experience, and you can't write. What I don't know, I can learn. What I do know, nobody can teach. And you know, James L. Brooks spent a couple of weeks at NBC, particularly observing in the uh, newsroom. And one of the things he observed is... Um, we our editing room was down in the basement and the playback for editing was way on the other side of the building and every night the editors would go right up to the last second like 10 seconds until six o'clock until and someone would race down the hallway it would be like chariots of fire uh and there's a scene like that in broadcast news and it's because james l brooks witnessed it at uh at the organization where we work. Right. He, I, he also spent some time at CBS. He yeah. really did his homework and, and it shows. It's and, a, it's and a, he it's a great based movie. that character on Susan Zarinsky, who right. was a, a well-known producer and later president of CBS News. Correct, yeah. So we're getting into movies and we know that you uh, you love them and then you have this uh, sort of uh, <laughs> this this uh, you've, you've got this passion 
ass at AMC, where you spend all your time watching anything AMC serves up to you. Pretty much true. <laughs> so, and even now you're retired. You're not going into uh, to work, but you still, you, how many movies do you see a week? Um, at least three could be, you know, depending on the week, four or five, depending on what's out. <laughs> well, sometimes what I'll see a movie. wife think of this? Well, sometimes I'll see a movie and I'll kind uh-huh. of judge whether I think my wife will like it. And then I'll go see it again with her. Ah, well, let's get into your top 10 list. What do okay, you so like these days? I'm going to give you a list, but it's not in order. The so, Cinema Lou uh, list. And we're not cinema. holding you to it because you might no. see something Correct. in the next I'm, few you know, days I'm not, that would unlike be on you the and, list. Unlike you and Jason and Jen and all. You know, I don't get screeners, so I actually have to pay to go see these movies. <laughs> Uh, what, and I have what, to wait what does AMC to... charge you? A couple of bucks? Uh, well, I, I pay, actually, I pay 22 bucks a month, and that gets me three movies a week. For free. Your frequent flyers. So, so 12 movies for 22, that's not even $2. Right, that's a great deal, isn't it? <laughs> Um, and uh, and it's um, yeah. so and movies- AMC. If you're listening, you know you could sponsor this show. <laughs> and they should with Bethesda Bagels. And they should. Oh, I'm not so Bethesda talk to Bagels, AMC. they could buy a sponsorship. We'd take a dozen bagels every show. I actually, you? Arch, I, I I sent them an email because I said I'm I've seen these this Nicole Kidman thing 400 times. I think yeah. enough's enough. I'm already there. <laughs> it's telling me to come to the movies. Hey, MC. You could do better. Up, update it or something. Do I have to wear a ball gown to watch the <laughs> yeah. latest Hunger Games? Okay, so what 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 is the Cinema Lou list like? Okay, so Killers of the Flower Moon, which is getting a lot of publicity, yeah, yeah, winning a lot yeah. of awards. I thought that was a terrific movie. It was, <laughs> uh, you know, the Old West or, you know, uh, 1920s and uh, uh, the Osage Indians have struck oil and now the mean uh, white men led by uh, the crime lord. Robert De Niro are marrying the Indians to get their uh, money by uh, uh, relation and even right. and the, death. The true story is even is even better than the movie, yeah. but but the movie was very good. And Scorsese, uh, he's terrific. I just yeah. hope he keeps. He's you know he's probably you know close to a hundred, but I hope he keeps making movies because he's great. <laughs> Um, I also, okay, so other movies I loved. I love A Thousand and One, uh, a little independent film that's also getting some buzz. Uh, Tiana Taylor, who I believe that's her name, uh, the star of the movie. Uh, she's a hip-hop artist. Her first starring role, she was terrific. All right, we're going to go to Harlem, where I grew up at. The city had him. He's not supposed to be with me. Can't you get locked up for not that? Not if you keep it to yourself. Where's my dad at? He's gone. But you wouldn't like them anyway. I got somebody else in mind. I haven't even heard of a thousand and one. I saw it at the theater. You know, it was one of those that played in, you know, one of the twelve seat theaters and AMC off to the side. But it was great. It was a terrific movie. I, I Is, really, uh, I what really was recommend the deal them. with a thousand and one? It, it's about this woman who's released from prison who tr- who takes gets her son uh, out of the yeah. um um out of the care. system. Yeah. yeah, out of the foster care system. And it's um it's a great, a terrific story. A great twist at the end. Great mm. acting. It's so real. It really is. And I thought that was great. Uh, and we one we've talked about a bunch of times. Past lives. I love yeah. past yeah. lives. That, also, that is coming 
showing up on everybody's 10 best list. And yeah, again, it played for like a week in the theater, yeah. and I thought it was great. And it, it Two really... children in Korea, and yeah. later they reunite as adults, but she's married, and he's somewhere else, and they're not, you know, it doesn't do what you think, but but uh, it's it's quite an encounter. Yeah, it was great. The, now, the rest are, I love the holdovers. I know you weren't crazy about the holdovers. No, I, I like the holdovers. I, I like thought, uh, Alexander Payne a lot. Yeah, uh, I thought Radical was really good. What is Eugenio. Radical? Eugenio Debez, I think his name is, from, um, uh, from CODA. He was a music teacher in CODA. This is yeah. a Spanish language film. It's um, it's a Mexican film, and it's about this uh, teacher who, with uh, you know, different methods, who goes to teach these kids who are thought to be unteachable. Hmm. And I thought it was a really, really good movie. And he's great. I, I think he's terrific. Radical. Radical. Uh, maybe air. you can get radical streaming, and maybe a thousand and one is streaming by now. Yeah, I think a thousand and one is definitely streaming. Okay. Um, a radical is still playing sporadically at theaters, but but I'm sure you can find it out there. Air. We talked about air as a as, air. As a really, just really excellent. Good I know and air it, is streaming, and it just is a reminder of Matt Damon how great he is, and yeah. Viola Davis, and it's the story of the guy who just has the instinct. We're going to sign this guy, Michael Jordan. We're not going to spread it around. We're going to do it different. Um, to, an, another, you know, of course, you can't. I think any top ten list has to have Oppenheimer and Barbie on them for yeah, what they did, yeah, what they yeah. did to theaters, movies yeah. this year. Uh, great movies. Um, Barbie, you know, you you may not like it, or you may think it's it's too cheesy. But you look at how they did that movie and what what the expectation was and what the final result was, and I thought it was mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, Greta Gerwig did a terrific job. Well, I think the audience gets a vote, and it certainly pulled an audience. It's the biggest movie of the year. Yes. And Oppenheimer, you know, I saw Oppenheimer twice, and now I'm reading the book, and it's just so good. It's just so well done. Yeah. And of Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, count me for uh, Oppenheimer. Um. So a couple of others I have on my list, it's more than 10, but, and I'm between the next three, I'd pick one. Mm. I really enjoyed the Mission Impossible movie. I know mm. it got great reviews, but yeah. but it wasn't highly regarded. No. But I thought it, I enjoyed it. It was a, a fun movie. You know, um, I think he had, uh, I think he suffered from uh, high expectations, uh, Tom Cruise did, because Tom Cruise saved the movie season a previous summer mm. with, uh, you know, that, uh, that jet plane movie. Movie he made. Yeah. Yes. The Top Gun movie was 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 Top Gun was yeah. the movie of the year, and everybody thought, well, it'll be Mission Impossible, and you know you can't you can't top Top Gun. Right. Um. So the other two, and these are new movies. Um. May September, which is I had a, I saw it twice because there was so much I missed after I after reading about it afterwards. So creepy. Very well, creepy. The music is strange. Oh, terrible. But, but but the story. but I loved it. It was it's a car crash. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a a thirty-six-year-old woman has sex with a thirteen-year-old boy, gets pregnant. She's arrested. She has the child in jail. They get married.
married afterwards, and May December posits what would their life be like uh, 20 years later, 20 years of the suburbs, and particularly if it's uh, looked at through the lens of an actress played by uh, Natalie Portman, who wants to play her, the wife, in a movie. And it just gets into this creepy persona-like... It was, it was a car crash. Yes. I I loved it. But it was it was so well done. Yeah. And it, it's based on, you know, loosely based on a true story that Mary uh, Letourneau. Letourneau, yeah. Yeah. And Natalie and, Portman, especially, tries to become this woman as an right. actress. Oh, God. Yeah. Todd and the Haynes. other movie, Arch, I know, yeah. I, I think you saw it, Maestro. Oh, uh, yeah. God. Here's... See, it, it, uh, here's what I would say about that. First of all, it's shot in four by three in black and white. Mm -hmm. So it's really a throwback. Yeah. I thought, and a Bradley Cooper is tremendous. And I think that's another thing I want to say is there were some great acting performances this year, men and women. Carrie right. Mulligan also. Yeah, in... Carrie Mulligan. The, the, but. And it's you know, a he, celebration he's... of American culture mid -century. It is, but here's here's my issue with that movie. And and mm -hmm. I, I need to see it streaming because the accent he uses is very, it's difficult for me at times to know what the hell he's saying. Um, and, you know, my hearing isn't the greatest, but my wife, who can hear pretty well, said the same thing. There were a lot of lines in there that you couldn't understand because of the you know, accent. When you watch movies at home, you can put captions on. And I and do. I'm starting to do it. Oh, religiously. And it's a great improvement. And it, they may have to do it in the theaters because I agree. Yeah, there are there are a lot. If you look at my local AMC, there are showings and it's noted that they're open captioned. And if I can arrange that, a lot of times I'll go I'll go see one that's open yeah, captioned. Yeah. So yeah. I can kind of follow along, as foolish as that may sound. But well, no, it's uh I'm with you on that. But in uh, all those movies I mentioned, there are some great, great performances um, in all of them. I mean, I think I think Bradley Cooper, you could say he's going to win the Oscar, but there are so many great performances. It's going to be more difficult to pick the five nominees in the actors and actresses categories than it will right. be to pick the 10 movies, I believe, for Best yeah. Picture of the Year. The Oppenheimer and Paul Giamatti in... Oh, Paul uh, Giamatti was great in Holdovers, yeah. The Holdovers and, 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 and of course, Leo and uh, De, Niro. De Niro. yeah. And, and, and the Lily Gladstone and Killers mm -hmm. of the Flower Moon was great. It's And also uh, the woman in uh, The Holdovers, um, Divine... Oh, yeah. uh, she was in uh she was in a little funny movie called uh could change the name of this show to what was the name of that movie again? <laughs> well she yeah she was great and the uh, uh Paul Giamatti was terrific he's always good but he was yeah, particularly yeah, good in this yeah. um some some just some I thought it was a, a banner year for entertainment so Lou I love having you on this show because your passion for the movies comes through so much and uh and you give uh, a, tr a true audience perspective and I am so glad that after all these years of knowing each other that we can get together on this podcast speaking of this podcast uh, there's another Lou involved with this show, and that is Mr. Lou Katz, <laughs> who enables us as part of uh, the Worldwide Hound Radio. Right, and we have a special little fun feature we do every weekend. You don't want to miss it. Check it out. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Hound Radio's Lou Katz. And it's me, it's me, it's JP. We hope you're going to join us every weekend for Sunday Night Stiffs. It's one hour of lost songs at 9 p.m. You know, songs that were never hits. Songs that no corporate station would ever play. And no wonder they don't. We'll even hand out a free honor each show. Right, JP? Yes, L-double-O, the Viagra Stiff of the Night. The one song that proudly stands out as the worst of the worst. And most of the tracks you hear are by request so don't blame us if you cringe while you're listening and if you want to send one in do it to lou at houndradio.com sunday night stiffs being barked out every weekend on the only internet radio station that has the paws or the balls big enough to scare listeners away hound radio hound radio so uh lou tell us more of uh this i mean i understand that you worked and you worked late at night and so you could come to a noon show uh, and I get that. But why has this continued, this love of movies? You know, back back in my early days, Arch, when I was working for George, you know, we got out at 1130. Perfect timing to catch the midnight show. Of course, now I can't even stay up till midnight. But back then I used to go after work. We'd grab a bunch of guys and go see movies. It was just, you know, again, it was a way to, it was a way to kind of, Forget everything. Just get lost for a couple hours. And these days, you know, uh, here's my feeling about about being retired. I don't believe in staying home. So I very rarely during the day do I turn the TV on and watch something. Usually I want to go out and do something. And going to the movies, even though basically it's the same as sitting at home, I'm just in the theater, I just feel like I'm out and doing something. And that's why I'll look to see, um, you know, I mean, I, I do other things too. Don't get me wrong. But I'll... <laughs> And, and I, I'll, sit there, I'll, I'll sit there by myself in a theater and I just I kind of get lost in the moment. I like, you know, I like my part of my job was telling stories. And this oh. is a way of telling stories. And a lot of times I'll look at it and say, gee, I would have done it differently. Or yeah. or yeah. I think that's genius if, if I could take that technique and use it. I'll, I'll do that on occasion. I just I, I just enjoy getting lost in the moment. Um, you know, what, like what, what, what brought you to movies? What, what's your passion with movies, Art? Uh, what brought me to movies was uh, we got a television set in the early 50s. And I started watching the movies my father loved that were made in the 30s and 40s mm. and every after every day I'd come home from school watch the afternoon movie and and I watched all the great classics the uh, 42nd Street and the Busby Berkeley movies and uh, then the uh, Capra movies and then the the Hitchcocks and then um, we had a show called Shock Theater and all the great horror movies were shown every Friday mm. night and I'd watch them with my father and after that, I was hooked. And when I was in college, it was the repertoire time. So that, you know, college kids were going to see the Bogart movies and to see the Hitchcock movies and to see the French films. And I, you know, watching old movies did it for me. And I realized those plots that I loved, uh, like Gaslight and the others, you see them over and over again in the movies they make today. So, um, so that's what did it for me. Our TV wow. set and, um, 
And, you know, that's one reason I'm very fond of uh, Dick Dizel, who is Count Gore, shows terrible movies. And I just remember watching those as a kid, and it made me love movies. Mm. And so, I, I, I was going to say, there's a if you're ever in Palo Alto, and I don't know why you uh, would be, but yeah. if you are, there is an old-time movie theater. And when I was there, they were doing a Cary Grant festival. Oh, God. And yeah. and in between, in between movies, they have an organist. So it's just oh. like the old days. Yeah. Unfortunately, the timing didn't work out for me to go. But I just... I just wanted to walk in and look at them because it was, um, you know, I love those old movie theaters. There's a website called Cinema Treasures. And I'll go on there and just look at the old theaters. My father, I should have mentioned this. My father managed a movie theater when I was a kid. Oh, really? Where? Yeah. In Brooklyn, the oh, Carol man. movie theater that's now a church. But yeah. we would go, you know, I, I could get in free all the time. And I'd go, it didn't matter what the, there were movies that were totally inappropriate. And I'd be sitting there <laughs> watching them. But it was, you know, I just, I, you know, and that's another part of the reason why I fell in love with movies. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was almost uh, like a family business. Has, uh, renovated the Egyptian the great movie theater in Hollywood across mm-hmm. the street from uh, Musso and Frank and uh, the Chinese theater. And on my bucket list, I'd like to go watch uh, mm. a movie uh, at the Egyptian. That's it. Let's do it together, Arch. Let's do a road trip. I, okay, you're on. Cinema okay. Lou, yeah. Lou Charlip, my good friend, my good friend of uh, 30, 35, 40 years now, from the 80s anyway, uh, and my fellow movie buff... And And it's just such a pleasure to have you in the mix of uh, this podcast. And Lou Katz, I thank you so much for producing these shows and making this show possible. And I think on that note, we should wrap up and say goodbye. Lou? Thank you, Arch. Thank you, Lou. Pleasure to be here. Happy holidays. And we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. See you at the movies. (laughs) This is the Katz Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a pod cats.